0: Hello,
1: my name is Sarah Harrison. I'm a Technical Advisor at the International Federation Reference Centre for Psychosocial Support. You are listening to our podcast series, The Heartbeat of Humanity, a podcast series for International Red Cross, Red Crescent Movement staff and volunteers working on mental health and psychosocial support services. In this second episode about caring for staff and volunteers, we will talk to Ismail Youssef, senior psychological support officer from Ethiopian Red Cross and Dr. Kenan Alderman who works for the International Committee of the Red Cross in Bangkok as a regional staff psychosocial support coordinator. So Ismail, how is Ethiopian Red Cross supporting its staff and volunteers?
0: Ethiopian Red Cross Society supports volunteers and the staffs by body system and the peer group. We have an existing body system and peer group. So we are using that existing supporting system that uh, volunteers uh, sit together weekly-based, and they uh, share their emotions, their experience, their challenge. So that's how uh, we support the volunteers. And the ERCS staff also support and supervise volunteers on field missions, and they debrief uh, before deployment and after deployment.
1: Okay, and what happens with the buddy system? Are volunteers paired together, or is it a different person that they they buddy with each time?
0: Uh, on buddy system, uh, we pair them like the senior volunteers paired with the new volunteers. Uh, in our uh, migration project that uh, Danish Red supported, we have uh, around forty eight volunteers. So. Annually, we recruited returning volunteers. So, the, there are senior volunteers and the new volunteers. So, we paired them uh, with senior and the, with the new ones. Ah, so, you have one senior
1: volunteer with one newer yeah. volunteer yeah. that's
0: just joined? Yes, of course, yeah. Okay, that's a nice system that
1: you have. And um, how are you checking whether your staff and volunteers are coping well, if they're
0: managing? Uh, okay. Uh, in that way, uh, it's uh, they come freely. Uh, discuss or approach as the supervisor or ERC staff uh, if they feel stressed so it's open for everyone and the it's not like a, a formal uh, working environment it's just uh, we are friends and we are peers so everyone can approach and ask you and also on their body system they support each other if one one of them is sick they can cover for the the one who is absent they cover each other so uh, that's how we approach our volunteers so we can know that if someone is stressed or sick it's uh, open the uh, we can identify that.
1: And do you have any tips that you can share with other volunteer team leaders or other people in the same position as yourself in another national society?
0: Okay uh, I can uh, provide some tips that I did uh, for example uh, I may not look like uh, uh, their supervisor when someone saw me working with them. I'm just uh, their colleague. I'm so open and uh, they can discuss and they can chill and they can relax with me. And uh, when we work, we, uh, we usually, I usually work in, in the field together with them. I'm not the one who just sent an email and uh, just uh, writing something to do, do this, do that. I don't like that. But uh, I just work it on the field most of the time. So every supervisor have to follow this kind of tips. I think they have to work on the field regularly with them, support them, and so the environment they challenge. And also they have to brief them uh, before deployment and they have to ask them how. They delete uh, the challenge and everything after the deployment. So they have to uh, be empathetic and uh, also cover and support the volunteers.
1: Okay, so you were saying that being approachable then as a as a volunteer manager or as a leader, um, and you also mentioned having a visible presence, so going and meeting the volunteers and the work that they're doing rather than sitting in the office and writing emails. Okay. Yes.
0: yes 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 yeah.
1: okay and then you also mentioned about being empathetic um is that
0: is, is a leader or is that also between volunteers all of us all of us it's not between uh, a leader or something but a uh, volunteer to volunteers staff to volunteers as a team we have to be empathetic and uh, we have different capabilities and the strength is weakness so we have to cover each other and support uh, yeah each other
1: okay and just as a last question, Ismail, um, has anything changed um, or are you doing something differently now because of, of the COVID uh, pandemic um, compared to what you were doing last year, for example? Or have you just continued doing your staff and volunteer care approaches in the same way? Uh,
0: with this COVID time, we, we have different uh, activities like uh, regularly before COVID, we meet weekly basis. But uh, in this COVID-19 period, we have a lot of home visit activities and uh, uh, risk communication community engagement we have a lot of uh, activities so we are uh, strengthening our care for volunteers and for staff so uh, it's not a weekly basis but uh, it's uh, a daily basis we check up on volunteers and the staffs on daily basis Uh, even if i'm hearing this i call them regularly and i can check up with them with uh, pcs field officers and volunteers so Uh, we increase the intensity or the frequency. That's what we do, yeah.
1: Thank you, Ismail, for taking the time to speak with us. Our final guest in this episode on caring for staff and volunteers is Dr. Kanan Alderman from the International Committee of the Red Cross. So welcome, Kanan. You recently completed your PhD, which focused on organisational staff and volunteer care approaches and mechanisms and you conducted your research in Sudan with the Sudanese Red Crescent. Can you share with us some of your reflections or conclusions from your research?
2: Yeah, it's uh, thank you very much, actually, Sarah, for hosting me. And, and actually, my PhD looked at uh, the relationship between organizational support and, and the volunteers' well-being. Uh, generally speaking, resulting from the study, organizational support is an overarching umbrella that strongly determines uh, the mental health outcomes of volunteering for the Red Cross and Red Cross and National Societies. And according to, to my research, uh, volunteers then, should uh, have a favorable environment within the national society. And that's a crucial factor toward their their mental health. So uh, what does it mean in practice?
0: Mm.
2: We're talking about um, uh, the volunteer management systems. We're talking about robust and comprehensive systems that captures all the complexities of volunteering those are essential not only for successful humanitarian aid delivery, but the research found that those are very important for the the, the volunteers' psychosocial well-being. And and therefore, mainstreaming the the MHPSS within the volunteer management is important as implementing the MHPSS activities. So we are used to talk about implementing uh, volunteers' care systems, but we are less likely to talk about mainstreaming those within the volunteer management and my research shows that uh, managers for instance who are trained in psychosocial support showed a better understanding and and utilized a more uh, volunteer friendly approach in their management but also yeah. my research found that um, a new concept that the, the, the organisational justice for volunteer within the national society is also a crucial contributor to their mental health, and we are here talking about you know the equal access to uh, the tangible and intangible benefits of of volunteering, like accessing the training or being promoted. Or being acknowledged and also that means uh, female volunteers for instance are are included in, in the decision making and have an equal opportunity similarly to their male colleagues to participate and manage the activities within the national society.
1: Mm, it's very important for many national society contexts as well to have the, like you said, equal opportunities for female volunteers as well as the male volunteers and staff members.
2: Yeah exactly and I think that was um, one of the first um, Times that this concept is introduced um, in volunteering world, um, and and how that is impacting on, on the mental health, and also the mm-hmm. opportunities for volunteers was showed like uh, at the at the level of, of developing the skills. So how much we provide the opportunities for those volunteers to develop skills, not only to be able to provide and deliver aid, but also to use those in their, in their, in their life outside the voluntary work. And that, that the research shows that those will enhance and reach the volunteering experience. And of course, oh, yeah. that supports yeah, the mental well-being.
1: It's the two very interesting concepts you mentioned, the favourable environment and the organisational justice as well.
2: Yeah, yeah. So just looking at, at overarchingly looking at what does it mean to be a volunteer in emergencies. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's important just, you know, the way the organization is managing you and and, and the volunteer friendly mm. environment that also IFRC is talking about since a while. So those are really important to to the volunteers' mental health.
1: And now you are at the ICSC um regional Uh, staff psychosocial support coordinator Um, and is that for Asia-Pacific now you're based in Bangkok?
2: Yeah exactly so I'm based in in Bangkok and covering Asia and the Pacific region.
1: Okay and what does this mean in practice what do you do in that role?
2: I am part of the ICRC staff health team so I'm assigned to do staff health things. Uh, We all know that you know working for the ICRC is stressful is quite stressful Similarly to working for other humanitarian agencies, but also within the ICRC, we have the particular um, mandate and position to work and support victims of of conflicts and violence. And therefore, uh, yeah, working for the ICRC is is quite stressful, actually. So my responsibility is to ensure uh, the implementation of staff health strategy. So we have this ICRC tool to mitigate the stressful impact of of such working conditions. Uh, The mental health and psychosocial support well-being, is integrated is one of the objectives of of the ICRC self-health strategy. And, and this objective aims to promote the well-being as well as prevent and respond to the psychosocial risk factors and mental health conditions uh, among okay. our staff.
1: And is that strategy at the global level or is it something that's done at the uh, delegation level, at country level?
2: So actually, it's a global ICRC um, uh, strategy, but of course, it's implemented at the, re- at the delegation so okay. it's, we, are, we are trying to be adhered to one strategy because, you know, even in the ICRC, we have uh, uh, mobile colleagues. So the mobility nature of, of our colleagues is, uh, is a core part of, of what we do. And therefore, you know, one person in Asia will be the, the, the next year in, in Africa and the following year in, in NAME or, or in other okay. in Americas or in other regions. So we are trying to make it uh, as global as we can.
1: And what are some of the concerns or problems that the ICRC staff
2: present to you with? Uh, actually, um, there is a wide range of issues that that colleagues struggle with, and given the, the the current situation, I've started my job, you know, during COVID nineteen crisis. So yes. there there is a lot of uncertainty exists among our our staff member, and this uncertainty is um, linked to to job insecurity it's linked also to restriction of movement people are in lockdown and and our mobile colleagues can't travel in and out home anymore or go to the field and being unable to go to the field also is a problem for for many colleagues they reach out with uh, with struggling with not being able to to to, to to be with the with the, the target population with proximity and that's yes. really stressful. Yeah. Um another issues are, are related to also working from home and how to mm-hmm. arrange between you know the 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 work tasks and the home tasks and how to enjoy yes. yeah just just to enjoy this split but also to be efficient in time and managing both. And many colleagues you know, it's not up. It's not due to them, but it's due to the burden of of the context. So many colleagues, they don't have proper environment. They don't have uh, good connections, desks, yes. and and also yeah. they don't have a space to work there. So it's quite a stressful. Yeah, a, a stressful context to work in.
1: I think it's also a change of role for them because most of them, like you said, are used to going to the field and associate that as the work environment and home is the place you come to in between deployments or when you want to rest and relax. It's not a
2: place you're naturally used to working in. Exactly, exactly. And therefore, we have also, due to COVID, and maybe it's, I don't know the context before COVID, but I expect that. So we have also other organizational issues are, are like, you know, as you say that, you know, the, the the, the rules are changed, so people have unclearity around the rules. Yes. People are sometimes overworking because of the burden of COVID-19 crisis. And therefore, we have some colleagues who show burnout symptoms, who are unable to rest, okay. and, and those yeah. also come to us. Yeah.
1: And how do you support them then? So if a colleague does come to you with sim- symptoms such as that or with their frustrations, how do you support them?
2: So actually, my role is not... Um, only to provide individual support to our colleagues. We're using this multi-layered approach in our intervention and in as part of our strategy. So I'm working on the organizational level, on the community of colleagues, and we are providing focused on specialized um, interventions and, and as right. well as, as specialized interventions. So... Uh, just to add before before moving to what we do is like, I'm not uh, underestimating the other aspects not related to COVID. We're talking about mm-hmm. also the living conditions of our colleagues. Our colleagues are, are working in, in fragile contexts. Some of them, a lot of them have, you know, personal, interpersonal living condition problems. And, and those conditions also hold... Um, you know, um, security incidents, hold, hold, yes. economic hardship and, and many other barriers. So those also exist among our staff. And therefore, the approach and the interventions, the intervention uh, should target all this spectrum of, of stressors. So what yes. you do, you asked me before. Um, and of course, I'm not talking about um, about my role alone because I'm mm-hmm. just, uh, I'm a single person working uh, with with a team, so I'm yes. I'm not doing it alone, of course. Uh, but since uh, the beginning of COVID nineteen crisis, we've started many activities to reduce the, the the stressful fact of of the pandemic. So we've started developing, uh, collecting, sharing uh, mental health materials that yes. help our colleagues to keep calm caring, and, and connected during the current outbreak. And those mar- materials are, you know, they range from individual relaxation and meditation resources to tips for managers that help in reducing uh, COVID-19 stress. So we're not talking about one particular um, intervention. We're talking about yes. everything that showed any um, any benefits from other organizations or from our own experience and, mm. or, or anything that we can develop. Based on on the needs, yeah, and and then we we worked uh, we developed um, uh, on um, we developed um, psychoeducational intervention. We mobilized um, colleagues who yes. are uh, volunteer to conduct those to their colleagues so they're non-specialists ah, okay. yeah
1: so it's more like a peer type support exactly. from one colleague so it's, to another it's like a peer, yeah. yeah
2: it's like a peer education so I've trained many ICRC staff uh, and those staff went and facilitate workshop for their colleagues and and you know uh, workshops where it's more about, you know, we we were not interested in building capacities on how to listen and to do any confidential or, or 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 just to make it as safe as we can. So we we um, uh, shifted the intervention toward being psychoeducational more than to be, you know, and in, for instance, uh, counseling or any any sort yes. of of uh, direct support. So the 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 workshop contained very basic psychosocial information about. Stress response about uh, how to cope during COVID, how to use problem solving techniques, how to improve communications, how to reduce stigma. So we've taken all those problems that we are seeing and then we build those uh, sessions. And actually, the trained facilitators, uh, when they, they conducted those workshops to their colleagues, they really perceived, um, um, very very good positive feedback from from their ah, from their education so i think yeah. it's it was a great intervention as well uh, as well yeah
1: great and do you have any tips or recommendations then for other colleagues in the same position as you as you said you're not the only person doing this within icrc
2: no actually of course uh, first of all is it's like it's it's like I, I, I have an urge. It's like, you know, we are underfunded. <laughs> we all know that yeah. MHPSS activities in general are underfunded. So staff and volunteers MHPSS interventions are less and less actually. So really we need to just allocate more funds here because it's it's very pretty important to to look after our colleagues. Uh, And and as a recommendation, I would say that I'm giving that also to myself, not only to the others. Uh Um, We need to develop systems and we need uh, to rapidly develop those systems to to accommodate the complexities of working in humanitarian context. So just fixing our interventions will not work. Uh, and therefore, you know, the the, the, the progressive assessment of, of the MHBSS needs for staff and volunteers, monitoring programs and, and uh, ongoing development of the staff support initiatives are key mm-hmm. elements. So we are not only talking about, you know, a fixed program, but we are talking about a comprehensive, um, uh, a dynamic in- initiative that can capture all the complexities and address the, those and I think we are still um, we're starting here, so I don't know yes. to what level mm. I can say that yes, we have those, but I, I think this is, this is a, a recommendation I always give to myself and I think many colleagues might benefit from. so we should mm. really look after what we do in this, uh, in this particular mm. topic.:
1: So you're talking about an ecosystem rather than it just being one program. or or about one colleague or individual, which actually links back to what you found in your PhD research in Sudan, the favorable environment and the importance of organizational justice as well.
2: Indeed, yeah, you are absolutely right. And therefore in the ICRC as staff health, we we consider ourselves as part of the staff support ecosystem. So there are a few other components or other components within the ICRC that we collaborate a lot with and staff members should uh, or, or are free to reach out to all to feel supported within the organization. And absolutely, you should not look at it from a standalone perspective. Yeah.
1: Great. Thank you very much for your time and speaking with us today, Kenan.
2: Thank you very much, Sarah. Thank you for this opportunity.
1: You have been listening to The Heartbeat of Humanity podcast series for Red Cross, Red Crescent, movement staff and volunteers about mental health and psychosocial support. You can find more resources about mental health and psychosocial support on the IFRC Psychosocial Centre website. Resources include manuals, webinars, policy documents, programme materials, educational videos and information about upcoming trainings. My name is Sarah Harrison, and I hope you enjoyed listening to this Heartbeat of Humanity podcast. Remember that mental health matters.